Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. We are talking this week again about building foundations on the solid ground of the gospel. And we're talking about different places in our motherhood that we hear lots of advice and we're trying to discern what is the best way to go. We really want to build our foundation of our motherhood the best way to go on the gospel, on what does the word say, and changing our mindset so that we may still be using some of these great advice things that the world offers us, but we have founded it and rooted it in the word of God. And today we are talking about bedtime routines and morning rhythms. So a lot of us inside of Christian circles, I know, hear this conversation in this language around bedtime routines or having morning rhythms, having morning routines. Maybe maybe your morning rhythm is has to do with having devotions and, and what you're doing with your children. And we want to take all of that today and we actually want to frame it in the Word of God. So there's been lots of conversations that I hear in different circles about what we should do at night when we're tucking our kids in bed, what we should do in the morning, you know, how we lead them through morning devotions, how often what we do with our older kids in terms of making sure they have a quiet time or I don't know what language you're used to hearing. Those are some of the ways that I hear the language of it. And we're going to explore that today and we're going to understand what does God's word say about those things. And then we're going to inform our motherhood based on God's word. Why? Why would this be important? It's important because straight from Matthew 7, where Jesus talks about the fact that you can build your house on shifting sand, or you can build it on a solid foundation, right? The rock. One, the whole house will fall down in the storm, and the other one, the house will stand. Why? Because the foundation was solid question is not whether storms will come. The question is, when they come, what have you built upon? And so the whole premise of this series that we've been doing is understanding the very importance of building on the foundation of the Word of God, making much of Jesus and making much of His Word. This is our whole goal in this podcast, and we're trying to do it in very practical ways for you so that you can take this, apply it inside of your motherhood about bedtime routines, morning rituals or rhythms. And when life gets hard, when it gets confusing, when it feels like it's too much, you will know why you're doing what you're doing based on the Word of God and nothing else. I promise you from my own experience, I have tried tons of different things. And most of them to not great avail, if I'm honest. But the things that I have founded on the Word of God in my parenting have given 
much fruit, have offered much beauty, and that is because they have been based on what the Word of God says. So today, we're going to dig down into bedtime routines and morning rhythms. And there are many things for bedtime routines, right? We hear all the, the mantras about, you know, if you give them this consistent way of going to bed, they're going to go to bed easier. And it'll be simple to put your children to bed if you always do the exact same things. You know, you should always, and you can hear people say, oh, if you give a bath to your child every night, it calms them down, gets them ready for bed, relaxes their system, water's good for little ones. You hear, you should lay with your child and talk with them in the dark and they'll open up to you and say lot, you know, share lots of things. You hear, you should always pray with your child at night. It it teaches them the power of prayer. You hear, you should leave lights on, leave lights off, play music, don't play music. You know, there's there's all these ideas. And yet, I have eight kids, and all eight of my kids have had different <laughs> ways of responding to the idea of going to bed. And, and it's never actually been the same with any of them. And so... What I want us to understand is not so much what we do. There's not going to be a magic recipe for how you get a child to go to sleep. But if we understand what we do and why we do it based on the Word of God, then when that stormy night is there and their child is up and then up again and then up again, you have a context in which you're working with the, with the Heavenly Father about how to get this child to go to sleep, right? And then in the morning, we often hear that we should have these morning rhythms and have these devotions and that if you, and I know I talk to lots of moms who are super scared that if they don't have devotions with their kids, then their kids aren't going to want to read the Bible for themselves one day. They aren't going to want to follow Jesus, that they, they better get this right. They better get this devotion right. It needs to be exciting enough and fun enough that this child wants to choose Jesus. And there's all this pressure about how we do devotions in our home. And again, I have done many different rhythms or ways of doing morning time with my kids. And it's changed with all the different kids and the different personalities. And different children have needed different things. Different children have responded to different things. And so... I want you, again, to understand what is the underlying principle in the Word of God. And we're going to talk again, these six, we've talked every week about six principles of a gospel-centered motherhood. And one of them that today we're going to highlight, kind of push up a little bit, is that last one that says, well, that God fully knows your child, knows exactly what your child needs, knows exactly what's going on in his or her heart, knows exactly what they're thinking, what they believe, how they feel, how they learn, how they grow, how they take in what you're telling them. God has perfect insight into the uniqueness of each of your children. If you have more than one child in your home, I promise you, your kids don't all learn the same way. They don't engage with the same information the same way. They can have different takeaways. But God knows, God knows exactly what that child needs. And you have been invited into a relationship with God. 
and have been invited to sit with him and pray and seek God's insight. And that is going to be this beautiful space, this posture of prayer that will allow you to have the insight you need for what does this child need, Lord, to go to sleep? How can I get this baby to go to sleep, this two-year-old, this five-year-old, this 14-year-old to go to sleep? And then how can I engage this child in your word? How can I have conversations around loving Jesus and that Jesus loves us in some sort of a devotional fashion, some sort of a rhythm, whether it's in the morning, Lord, or in the afternoon, or whenever it is, that will show them you. See, that's really those two, that's really those two spaces. So before we go any further, I, I want to share with you something that I have worked on that is available to you now. You can, you can buy it right now. It's in a pre-order. And as long as they don't sell out, you can go and get one, which is, it is called the, the Warrior Mama's Prayer Journal. And it is a guided journal to help you learn to pray specifically for your child, seeing your child the way God sees your child. It is designed to walk with you for a full year so that you are praying for your child, you are specifically anchoring in God's Word and watching God at work. See, every month you'll come back to these same 30 truths. There's one for every day of the month. And you'll be praying it again and then again and then again. And it is designed for you to see God at work in your child's life over the course of a year. It is a beautiful journal designed for you with linen fabric, gold foil. It's it's truly stunning. I'm so proud of it in that sense. But more than anything else, what I know to be true about this is the women who have walked through this journal and have done this, that I've beta tested with it for my own personal life, God, God meets you when you pray over your child. And when you pray to know them specifically and uniquely and you say, God, give me insight into this child, help me understand what makes this child tick, God meets you there, and He shows you that. So if you are interested in that journal and you want to get be a part of that pre-order before that pre-order closes, there's a link down in the show notes for that, and you can grab that there. But let's get moving here now into what do we do at night? What do we do in the morning with our children? What is the Word of God space that we're going to anchor in and stand on and then walk from? And the first thing we need to make clear is for our own lives, for our own walk with the Lord, why would you and I need to be spending time with the Lord in the morning or in the evening? What does it look like for you and I to be connected to God? So super briefly, if you need some passages to go and sit in for a few days to say, Lord, show me what does it mean to be in your word? So in this whole series, we keep talking about over and over again, making much of Jesus and making much of his word, that if we're going to be able to be warrior mothers who do that for our children, it has to be true in our own lives first. So where in the word does it invite you and invite me to be with Jesus? Like we innately say, oh, yes, I should spend time in the Bible. But where, where is that invitation? One of my favorite passages that it's in is in Isaiah 55. There are several that I just want to kind of 
tag first, and then I'm going to read Isaiah 55. But you could go to Isaiah 40, where God gives a very clear invitation, especially to mothers, and says, I'm going to gently lead you with young, and don't you think, don't think for a minute that I've forgotten what you're doing or I'm not paying attention to what's happening in your world today. And he gives us his promise at the end of Isaiah 40, which for both, for all of us, as we're tired or overwhelmed or discouraged, should give us great joy. But then in Isaiah 55, he gives this invitation, and it is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. If you have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? So in other words, God's like, come, come to me. I know you're thirsty, and I know you don't even have anything to buy anything with. In other words, you don't have to bring anything to this exchange. I'm going to give you everything, and I expect nothing from you. But then he says this. He says, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast sure love for David he God is inviting you and I and later on in that passage he says seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near which is right now Like, this is when we can seek Him. It's too late after after we've either, you know, after we've died. It's too late. Like, now. Now is when we need to be seeking Him. And God is giving us this invitation that says, Come. Come to me. Come and learn and grow. I will gently lead you. From Isaiah 40, from Psalm 33, says, you know, The eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him that he may deliver them. And it says, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, and our heart is glad in him. Like when we begin to sustain ourselves with the word, then what we actually are going to root down in this week as our foundation is clear. Like we begin to know it because we begin to love God's word. But we're going to say that Deuteronomy 6 is our foundational truth. Now, this for a lot of people, a lot of people have heard this preached many times about parenting in many spaces, and they're like, oh, yep, I've heard it. But we're going to look at it, and we're going to see what God would have to say about why we should be spending time at night with our kids in a certain way or spending time in the morning with our kids in a certain way. And again, I'm not telling you that there's a magic recipe for getting your kid to go to sleep. But I am telling you that when you're having a stormy night and you're not sure what you're doing and if any of it is right, this, this will anchor your soul. This will encourage your heart. So let's look to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And this is Moses, and he is talking to the Israelites. It says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all of his commandments and his statutes, which I command you. So in other words, he's saying, listen, this is what you're going to be called to do. As you go into this new land, as you become this people group who are occupying the promised land, 
like you're coming into this new space and time. So the Israelites walking into the promised land is this picture of us walking into salvation with the Lord. So this is our calling. This is what we are to then turn around and begin doing and becoming become people who do this next little phrase. And it's called the Shema. But it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in their house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, what we want to look at here is there is this saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And that that's our calling as parents, as people who walk with Jesus. Parents are not, right? <laughs> We're all called to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. But then he says this, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. That these words, these words of loving God with everything that's in us and how we manifest that love to those around us shall be on our heart. It shall be what we own, what we hold to. It should be the most treasured space that we occupy. And then, he says, because they're on your heart, then you're going to talk about them when you rise. You're going to talk about them when you go about your day. You're going to talk about them when you're working. You're going to talk about them when you lie down at night. Like, it's just going to flow out of you in every moment of every day, and that's going to flow over into whoever's around you. And for people who have kids, it's from parent to child, which is, you know, Moses here is saying, you know, for you and your son and your son's son, like become these, this people group that keep talking about what God has done, that keep telling and reminding each other of the goodness of God, of his faithfulness, of his pursuit, of his mercy, of his grace of his redemption. Keep telling one another the story of the gospel. But you and I need to be in a rhythm, number one, where we're in the word, where the word is rich for us and we are holding on to it. And so that then it flows out of us to our children. So what does this look like practically? This, I'm going to talk about Jesus when I get up in the morning and when I lie down. I'm going to talk about Jesus in the middle of the day as we're going about our day. I'm going to talk about Jesus in my working. What what does this mean practically, right? Because that's really what we're all about here. And we hear all sorts of people give us all this stuff. And there's all these devotional books that are sold that tell us how to do it or the best way or give us great stories to tell our kids and read at the dinner table. And we do them. And we hope for the best. I do. And at night, you know, this is the best thing you should you should pray. You should, you know, talk about what God did to you. You should share rocks and rubies, you know, the good and the bad of your day and commit the bad, you know, to Jesus and ask him to either 
heal your wounded heart or forgive you if it was you that was the rock (laughs) and rejoice with Jesus about your rubies, right? And, And we hear all these great tricks. But what is it really? And in this week, what I really want you to know is that Jesus offers you and he offers me an invitation to sit with him, to be with him all day long, every moment, in constant communication with him, just this constant conversation. God, tell me what what I should see. Tell me what I should you know, see in this child, what this child needs to hear. Tell me what's going on here. How is this child, in, you know, interpreting my love or my actions towards them. Help me to have insight here. Show me this. Remind me of your word, like this constant conversation with God in prayer. You see, we can we can have rhythms of prayer, which is like what that the prayer journal is designed to begin to help you do. If you've never done anything like that, it's designed to help accelerate that for you and help you have some, like a lane to run in. But the truth is God invites you every day all day long, like it said in Isaiah 55, to listen diligently, to taste and see, to enjoy the riches of His Word. So how do we do that with our kids without feeling like we're not doing it well? And God, one day, as I was praying with Him, introduced me to this little phrase. I don't know, came into my head. And He said, Bethany, I want you to be aware and attuned to the holiness of this immediate. The holiness of this immediate. It's not a really great phrase, except it's stuck in my head. Where in essence, my conversation with the Lord, this back and forth, constant conversation is, Lord, what is the holiness of this immediate? This immediate moment, this immediate interaction, this immediate way I can serve, the immediate this or that. Like, what is the holiness here? Let me see with your lens what it is that right here is happening. Because then Deuteronomy 6 can begin to blossom in my life. It's not going to do me much good, and I've tried it, to just like throw these little Jesus answers everywhere if they're not from a mindset that is surrendered to Jesus and saying, show me the holiness right here, Lord. Show me the invitation right here, Lord. Show me what this child needs right here, what he wants. What it does? It, is it something that I need to say or is it something I need to do? Show me the holiness of this immediate moment. And when I begin to have that posture, then I can relax my grip on expectations, Right? So for for us, in just what we do in our world, is we have something called morning meeting. We've had it for years. Now it has changed a little bit because two days of the week, my kids do like a, a hybrid or a they go two days into school and then three days they're at home. So the morning meeting, it looks a little different these days than it did when we were fully homeschooling. But we have this morning time where we talk about what's going to happen in the day. We start our day in prayer. We see God at work in our day through the Word. We sing and we worship. But if my expectations 
are, it better go according to my plan. We better have this great conversation. Everybody better be in tune and listening well and have a great takeaway and remember it later to tell their dad. I'm going to be sadly disappointed. But if I can release my grip on the expectations that I have over this time and instead understand the holiness of this immediate Meaning, there is a holy space right here. Just when we handle the Word with our children, it is a holy moment where I believe the Holy Spirit comes and sits with us. He is in you, and He wants to do a work through you in your child's lives. And He will. He will, but you may not see it. That kid may be rolling all around on the floor in the kitchen as you're having this conversation. You know, mine, I've learned to give Legos, crayons, those dot markers, anything to keep them still enough that this immediate moment, there can be some beauty in it, like some conversation in it, right? Where nobody's fighting with everybody else and everybody's kind of listening. And then I've learned to, you know, instead of just singing, I mean, you know, my expectation was we could just sing. That's not going to work in the Kimsey home. We need to have like a like a a YouTube video or a Spotify song playing. Like we have to sing to music. We can't just sing like ourselves. So I have to get that and get that out and get that going. And everybody's distracted in that moment. And things go to chaos pretty quickly as I'm trying to figure out what song it is. And then just pull them back in, right, for this next immediate moment. But I can relax my grip on those. And I can embrace the squirmies. I can allow time to happen, like for it to take longer than it should. I can offer things to help, Play-Doh, crayons, dot markers. And my goal is not that this immediate moment is the winning moment, but that my goal is that over a long period of time, the holiness of each moment, this walking every day and diligently teaching to my children as they sit and when we walk and we lie down and when we rise— begins to introduce them to the only one who can rewrite their heart. Because remember, one of our six concepts of gospel motherhood is like, we're not it. We can't save them. We can't call, we can't forgive them. We can't make them do any of this. This is Holy Spirit work. And you and I, I mean, the best we can do is expose them. To who Jesus is. And so we do that recognizing the holiness of this immediate moment. And then the second thing that happens is I need to understand that children don't feel the constraints of to-do lists and schedules. They, they just don't. So they don't understand that bedtime is supposed to be this long and not any longer. They don't understand that this has to happen here now and it can't happen later, Right? And so when we begin to say, instead, I'm just going to teach you along the way as we go. I'm going to pause in beautiful little moments here and there and squat down and tell you a truth, circle back to it later as I'm putting you to bed that night, remind you of it again the next day. That's how children respond to the Word of God. Whether that looks like a beautiful morning devotional every day in your home, I just, I just want you to be, I just want to be honest with you. It's, it's never looked like that in our home. 
But it has looked a lot like tiny little conversations all sprinkled in different ways with different children, listening for what the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, this kid really needs to hear this right now. And me being lining up with the Word of God, welcoming God into my morning first. You see, for me, in order for me to have a great morning routine with my kids or a great bedtime routine with my kids, I need to have my routine with God. That's where life happens for me, where my the gospel becomes real and my heart changes and my heart gets gains insight into God's truth, into His Word. It makes me rejoice. It makes my heart sing. I'm delighting in His Word. And then it flows out to my children. You know, it's like what Paul wrote about in, Philipp- in Philippians 3 or, or like what Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 where he said, well, in Philippians 3, you know, it says, Rejoice in the Lord. It's the first time that was said is in Philippians 3, 1, it says rejoice in the Lord. Like every other time it's been rejoice about this or about this or about this. But now it's like just rejoice in Jesus. And then, in fact, it says in verse chapter 3, verse 3, it says, We worship by the Spirit of God, and we glory in Christ Jesus. And that glory word actually also means rejoice. We rejoice. Like it will bring joy to your heart. That's what, that's what God promises. First Peter 1 says it a different way, but it's, it's kind of the same thing. He says, listen, you're going to go through lots of trials, Lots of hardship. It's gonna, there's days that are just stinking hard, right? But he says, he says, you and I can rejoice because of the inheritance we've been given in Jesus Christ. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you rejoice. You see, if the God's word is alive for you, then no matter how terrible this moment is with this kid or how hard this moment or this thing is or whatever's going on, we can begin to, well, number one, we stay linked to the Holy Spirit and we're in conversation with him and we can recognize the holiness of this immediate moment and we can be listening to what he is telling us to do whether it's having sweet conversation at the end of the day with your child and helping them learn how to pray at night. Yes, those are good things. And it's beautiful when you begin to hear theology come out in your children's prayers. You will be stunned, I promise you. I am always just stunned to the point of weeping when I hear from one of my little children's prayers deep theological truths that they're just believing because they have the faith of a child. But then it will also inform you in the times of great hardship when the storms of life are happening and you're just not sure anything is going through. You don't know if that 14-year-old even cares one bit about what you're trying to say across the expanse of your day. What you can cling to is that God says, you're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your might, and all your strength. And because that is your own, you're going to teach that. You're going to let that flow out of you to your children. 
and there may be storms. We have had lots of them in our home. But I have watched how when the storms begin to subside, the seasons that I have built on the Word of God, and I have hunkered down in this truth, God, I am committed to talking about you all along the way, even to children who seem very close-minded and shut down and rejecting of you. God, I'm committed to listening and doing it your way of asking you how should I how and what is the holiness of this immediate that I need to share with this child. I'm committed to that. When I have been in that frame of mind, when I have been seeking him, and there have been many seasons when I haven't, but when I am in that, when the storms subside, what I see on the other side is amazing, beautiful blossoms of new growth in the heart of children that I didn't even know, wasn't even sure if life was growing, and beautiful fruit. It is worth it. It is worth it. So I want more than anything today to help you see that you can have rhythms and you can change your rhythms. You can do something in this season that you don't do in the next season. You can do something with this child and you don't do it with the next child. You can do it differently. As long as your posture, though, is one of, God, I'm seeking you first. Because I love you with all of my heart and with all my mind and all my strength. And I'm asking you to show me the holiness of this immediate. And I want to follow you there and be faithful with you. That is building the foundation of your motherhood on a solid rock. Whether it's a devotional book or a simple conversation or a song that you sing of like worship. God will use it all. He's, he can use it all. As always, you can reach out to me over Instagram. I'm the easiest to find and to talk to. You can get me on my email. Go ahead again. I want to remind you again, if you have not done Resetting Your Mind to Motherhood, if you've not done that course, the, the link for that is also going to be in the show notes down below. I Can I tell you that if you do not know the gospel for yourself, it is very hard for it to be something that just comes out of you for your child. Your child. It, it's just... It's hard. It's hard to teach what you don't know. Just like none of us can really go and teach Cal 2, Calculus 2 or physics, college-level physics. Like, we don't know it. Go spend time with Jesus. Know his word. Go grab the course Resetting Your Mind to Motherhood. Take it six weeks. Tons of videos with me that will walk you through in about five to ten minutes every day what the gospel is, give you great stories you can even tell your kids. Ways that you can just feed it right into their little hearts and minds as well. Thank you for being here. I want, to, I want you to know that I am praying that you are building the foundations of your motherhood, not on advice, not on popular opinion. I want and I am praying for you to build your foundations on the Word of God. Because together, we, we just need to be women who are warrior-like and making much of Jesus and making much of His Word. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing 
to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.